Welcome to the Stony Brook Crossroads Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doyle DeGraw. For more information about this podcast, our community, and other resources, please visit CrossroadsChurchSB.com. This passage from James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. This particular passage, I would say, uh, represents one where, you know, it's one thing to study the Word, it's another thing to have the Word tested to find out if we're, uh, if we're living out what the Word says. And uh, if, any, if any season has tested whether we can hold on to this passage, uh, this season has been it, as far as all the different things we've had to face. So let me read it. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good and perf- every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us both by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Every good and every every good and perfect gift. Uh, if there hasn't been a season that tests the statement, God is good, and what's the next part? All the time. If there hasn't been a season that hasn't tested that one, we, we've been through one. And we've been through a time that represents, um, as John Eldridge says, like a savage assault. Life, as we've experienced it in so many different ways, whether it's been uh, covid whether it's been situations with uh, things like my dad is facing with stage four cancer, whether it's been the loss of family because of what we've been through, whether it's just the uh, disorienting experience we have of, uh, I'll tell you, walking through an airport where everybody's wearing masks is just so, it's just such a, a strange experience. And it's been like this assault on for us who believe that God is good, but it's been an assault on our confidence that He's good. It's been an assault on our union. It's hard to just hold on to Him sometimes in the midst of this. It's a a time where we keep practicing the reminder to ourselves that God is good and He's the creator of everything we love and He will be the rescue in our faith. But I don't know about you, there have been times in this season I've gone... Lord, you know, we, how much longer can this go? Am I alone? Anybody else feel that way? Let me try it again. Anybody else feeling that way? I mean, it's like, and then, you know, you don't wear, dare read too much in the media because um, just to let you on a little secret, most people are saying this is going to be around for a while. You know, and then schools are going to start. And then we don't know if that's going to create more issues and, you know, back and forth. And so we're pressing in. We continue to press into a, a whole area of life that we've never imagined. I mean, I don't think any of us imagined. Uh, I think about the fact that, you know, it was last December that we were sitting down with Stephen and Stephanie and talking about uh, wedding plans and all of that. Never in our wildest dreams would we, did we think we'd be at the end of August wondering if we can be, we'll be able to use the wedding venue. 
because of the restrictions of COVID. It's like, what in the world? What in the world? And um, so the only thing I can think of is that, or the way I relate to these things and all the things that I have to face and we have to face together uh, in different seasons, sometimes individually, sometimes in our families, sometimes as a church, is we're walking through a transformational experience. Uh, The goal always is for us to experience what it means to be a new creature in Christ. The goal is always to experience going from being orphans to mature sons and daughters. And uh, if you haven't been around long enough to figure this out, you will figure it out sooner or later that this journey takes a lifetime. It's an ongoing process. We, we don't just go to sleep one night, wake up the next day, and it's all done. If, if it is, we're probably dead and in heaven. But we're on earth. We're going through this process. And one of the things that we do know is that the ultimate thing that Jesus wanted for us when he went to the cross is for us to be connected. And who did he want us to be connected to? You can shout it out. The Father. His ultimate goal, his, his greatest joy was to have his brothers and sisters connected to his Father so that we could enjoy relationship with the Father as he enjoys relationship with the Father. But we know that everything in this life is battling against this connection. And Jesus knew it was going to be a battle. That's why he went to the cross and he fought so hard for us. And he fought for a sense of joy. And I want you to think about the fact that he fought for joy. And maybe the reason he fought so much for joy is because our brains desire joy of connection more than anything else. If we, if we feel a sense of connection, if we feel close to God, if we feel close to our families, if we feel close to our church family, and we have that experience of joy, there's a lot we can take. And so that's what is so important for us to realize in this season, we've had one volley after another thrown at us, one fiery dart after another thrown at us to to test whether we can handle these things and still maintain a level of joy in the midst of it. Some of us easily get distracted. And in saying that right now, it just woke up a couple of you like, oh, oh yeah, I sure do. I'm here, I'm still here. <laughs> and sometimes when in our distraction, we, we start heading in the wrong direction. And there's a story and if I had thought about it sooner, I would have had the video of this and make it e- easier for you to picture. But you can probably picture uh, a nature video of baby turtle hatchlings hatching and crawling up out of the sand. And typically what they're supposed to do is after the mother turtle lays her eggs hidden in the safety of the beach, sometime normally during the night, the turtles hatch, 
And what's their immediate natural instinct to do? They start crawling and going to the water, normally to the ocean that's in front of them. And the reason they do it at night is because it's cool outside and by the light of the moon they make their way to safety. But the only issue is that a large percent of the hatchlings don't make it. Sometimes they don't make it because birds come in, predators come in and, and eat them. Um, some of them are not ready to swim the necessary distance to make it out there, so they drown. And some of them don't survive because they don't move in the right direction. And the reason for that is what's happened more and more as cities have developed around oceans and around beaches, as those hatchlings, those little baby turtles are crawling to go towards the moon and towards the water, there's another light that distracts them called city lights. And the city lights start distracting them and they're looking at the moon and they see another light and they turn themselves around and start crawling off towards the city. And like I said, I wish I had the video to show you, but the documentary that is available on YouTube shows these hatchlings wobbling into the city into the busy streets, into the sewers, and even trapped in garbage on the road, and they don't have any chance to survive on their own because they've gone the wrong direction. And the only reason they are in this place is because they followed the wrong path. And the reality is we're all like those baby turtles at different stages of our life. We get hit with something, and our tendency is to wobble and start turning the wrong direction. And so I just want to take a few minutes this morning to remind us of what is available to us in our connection with the Father. And so it's Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at the third verse. And actually, I'm just going to read, instead of to verse 17, I'm just going to read to verse, verse 11, or verse, uh, uh, verse 13. Consider him, meaning Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you've not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons and daughters? My son and daughter, do not regard lightly the the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son or daughter is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons or daughters. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands 
and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. There's two reasons as this passage communicates for us There's two reasons that the Father disciplines us. Two major purposes that we can easily get distracted from. And they're summed up in the reality of what Jesus said when He summed up all the commandments in a simple statement. So help me with what that statement is. I'm just doing this so you can breathe a little bit behind your mask. So what were the two commandments that Jesus said, sum up all of the commandments. Right. Exactly right. Love the Lord your God with your whole whole soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. He connects us to the Father for two purposes. To teach us to live as sons and daughters and to experience His good pleasure of being in relationship with us. Let me say that again. To experience His good pleasure of being in relationship to us. I keep repeating this. I repeated it a few weeks ago. seems like it's been forever ago, but He has greater pleasure in you than you really have in Him. I mean, think about your ability to love God compared to His ability to love you. And there's no comparison. His love for you is exponentially greater than any love you can give back to Him in return. And so out of His desire, His pleasant desire to be with us, we have the privilege to return to Him a love with our whole mind, soul, and strength. And then, out of that security of our relationship, we're able to love others. Hopefully, with the same love that He extends to us. We're able to love with honor and a sense of wanting someone's well-being even when sometimes they're not as, as inter- not as interested in our well-being as we are. So our connection to the Father, our Jesus, assures us that we'll grow in these two areas. And the more we grow in our understanding of the Father's heart, then the greater is our ability to extend the Father's heart to others. The Father wants to heal our wounds. He wants to train us to overcome sin. He wants to transform our character so we become mature sons and daughters to look like Jesus. In other words, in the New Covenant, discipline is focused on benefiting the person who has made the mess. While we were yet sinners, while we were creating messes, What's the next part of the verse say? Christ died for us. Christ died for us for our benefit. And now he says, you have a big mess there. And I took the punishment for your mess. Now I'm going to help you with discipline. Not punishment. Because I took the punishment already. But I'm going to help you with discipline and guardrails so that you can clean up the mess. In fact, I'm going to even help you clean up the mess you made. But 
what's going to happen in the process are there going to be times just like these little turtles going the wrong direction I'm going to pick you up and say excuse me you're going the wrong way and turn you around so you go back the other direction sometimes that hurts like heck sometimes that's painful none of us like to be told you are going the wrong direction especially men none of us like to have our wives ask if we've looked at a map or why don't you pull out the GPS none of us like to be told we're going the wrong way and let's face it ladies you don't like to be told that either we just get a little more intense about it but that's the reality of what discipline is for it's not to harm us it's always out of a heart of love and a desire for intimate connection with us so we're supposed to be growing so let's think about some areas we're supposed to be growing in we're supposed to be growing in faith I'll tell you what this whole classes thing has tested my faith Do I have more faith than I had before? I hope so. We're supposed to be growing in forgiveness. Do you still get frustrated with the neighbor that you've had for 10 years just like you did 10 years ago? Or can you forgive them? We're supposed to be growing in wisdom. We're supposed to be living with less anxiety and less fear. We're supposed to be growing in our relationships and our connection. We're supposed to have more of a servant's heart because that's the model that Jesus set for us. Jesus talked about, he, he told people all the time, as you recorded in the Gospels, to pick up your cross and follow me. But nobody could successfully do that because Jesus had to model for them what to do. But we're on the other side of the cross. And he's, he's modeled for us carrying the cross for the joy set before him. So now he says to us, Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross and help and start cleaning up your mess. But in the midst of it, we'll have fun in the process. Problem is, for us, sometimes it doesn't seem like a lot of fun. But here's what is revealed in this passage. Just a few highlights. Because of his discipline, his guardrails, his maneuvering us in the right direction, one thing he says is that we get to share in his holiness. We get to share in God's wholeness. God, the creator of the universe, is the most whole being in all of the universe. And because of, because of him intervening in our lives, he says, here, let me share in everything being made whole. You can't do it by yourself, so I'll, I'll share my piece of the pie with you. We get to share in His holiness. In this passage, He talks about the need to avoid bitterness. And so He says, out of discipline, when you have a bitter heart towards someone, I'm going to help you figure out how to work this out. What do we get in exchange for bitterness? We get joy. We end up finding out that we can be friends with someone that yesterday was an enemy. And all of us have experienced that at one time or another. We get to enjoy connection. There's nothing greater than the security of knowing that if I die when I walk out the back door this morning, I know I'm connected to the Father. 
And it's not just when I die, but I live with that sense of connection all of the time. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hand. You can say whatever you want to to me. You can gossip about me. You can say how despicable you think I am. But it doesn't matter if what you say doesn't line up with what the Father says about me. So it doesn't really matter. Because my security is first rooted in what He says about me and what I know about Him. It produces righteousness and peace, which is about integrity and fidelity. And in this passage, He talks about us being well-trained. Which means we don't walk around like orphans like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But we're well trained as secure sons and daughters that say, I know what I need to do in this situation. I've got the necessary faith that's, that's required to get through this situation. So let me highlight a few more things in these verses. If we could put the verses back up. I want to look at verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The word consider means, it's kind of like, remember the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, right? Mission Impossible. Mr. Graves, this is your assignment. If you decide to keep, or Mr. Cruz, whatever his name is. If this is your, if this is your assignment, or this is your, whatever he says, if you decide to keep it, if you decide to do what is required, your assignment, you know what? You don't have to submit to the Father's discipline. Go ahead, quit. Go ahead. See how that works out for you. I literally had somebody call me this week for counseling. They prefaced the call. Somebody I don't even know. They prefaced the call. Uh, Probably better wait because you may listen to my message. But anyways, it's like my question for people when I'm counseling with people is like, how is that working for you? Because if you will follow some guardrails, it might change. But you have to take the assignment. And then you have to execute the assignment for changes to take place. The other thing is, uh, he says, so you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Here's the reality. How many of you are weary this morning? All right, nobody. Or you're all lying. One of the two. But here's the good news. God is not... His, he, he doesn't fall off His throne in shock when you and I go, I can't take another step. I, I, I am so tired of this. God doesn't go, oh no, the universe is about to spin out of control. He expects us to be tired. He knows that this journey, because of, because of what sin brought into the world, He knows that it's a difficult, hard journey. And so He says, consider Him. Consider My Son what He did. So when you get tired and when you get faint-hearted and you want to give up and the weariness of sin enters into your, into your life and into the picture, lean into Him. Depend on Him and the power of the Holy Spirit to help you through the time that you're weary. And I guarantee, I'm pretty, I, I mean, I, I, I know that in this season, if there hasn't been any season that makes you weary, this one does. This one has. 
verses 4 through 6. In your struggle against sin, you've not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Have you forgotten the exhortation? The exhortation is the word paraclesis, which is where we get the word paraclete. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and says, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And the exhortation is he addresses you as sons and daughters. My son, don't lightly regard the discipline, which is the word paideia. It's not the word that could be used for punishment. It's not the Lord comes along and goes as hard as he can on you. But like you would do with your young son or daughter is gently directing them in the right direction. It's the picture of, you remember, you know, those of you that trained your kids to ride a bike. You remember this? And then finally, you know, you let go and they go riding off. And you don't go, they don't need me anymore. What you do instead is you celebrate because of what happened. And what this is, this picture is, is it's celebration. It's the, it's, it's the Father is, is celebrating what you and I enjoy more than we are. I was telling the worship team when we were praying together this morning, In November, November 14th, when the minister pronounces Stephanie, hus- Stephanie and Stephen husband and wife, you'll have to outshout me because of the celebration. Not because Maggie's leaving Steph, but. <laughs> She's. Give me a snarky smile. I can tell. <laughs> even beyond the math, I can tell. Here's the thing. Even telling you now, I, I can feel the emotion well up. Because there won't be any... You guys will have to push me out of the way to be the one that celebrates the joy of what God is doing in their life. That is a small fraction of what the Father in Heaven is doing for you and I when He sees us walking in His pathway and we enjoy sharing His holiness and the benefit of being sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing when you think about it? And so, I've got a a whole lot more, but verse 10 says, For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them our fathers that is, but He disciplines us for our good that we may share His holiness. To share in His wholeness. That means we get the privilege to see the larger picture from heaven's perspective. It's kind of like standing above the Grand Canyon and seeing things differently. It's like being in a plane and flying over on a very clear day and seeing. I mean, when you fly into New York, and you see the way things are laid out, Long Island and all of that, it's like, wow. And every once in a while, isn't it great when the Lord kind of lifts you out of the stuff of life and you get a chance to see the bigger picture? Every once in a while, my dreams, 
I think of here and all of you and the labor that we've put in the last years and uh, times where it's, we've made progress, times where it's been hard and it's, we've been discouraged. But every once in a while I get this bigger picture and I picture this auditorium, this sanctuary filled with 200 people all the way to the back and celebration happening. And another campus being planted out of this campus. Um, every once in a while, God gives me a chance to have the bigger picture. And that's what helps me keep going. And verse 11 He says, for the moment of all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That means things that are integrated, things that are going in the right direction. I have this issue on one side of my back where some mornings I wake up and I'm walking around and, you know, my daughter and wife both go, you're not looking too good this morning. And it's not very righteous until I have a good walk and then I'm fine. And that's what the Lord does and He disciplines us and He says, hey, you know, let me, when we were in Grand Rapids this summer, I was in really bad shape after sitting in the plane and, and I could, man, I could hardly straighten up and Aaron gave me a coupon to go to a chiropractor. He was the best chiropractor I've ever gone to. I mean, he stretched my neck and popped my ankles and I walked out of there and I was like, but it hurt when he did it. It hurt when he did it. But the pain felt really good in the end. And so, you know, the Lord gave us this and in a few weeks, a few weeks, we're going to start a series on the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, but let me just read through those and I'll bring this to a close because I'm going to save the next part of this passage for next week. In fact, VJ and I are talking about doing a team, che- team teaching thing together, so that'll be fun. Um, but let me just remind you of these. I didn't include them to put on the screen, but just listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have a choice of following Jesus for the joy that was set before him. Oh boy. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Or we get that. The joy of following him or the regret that happens when we decide to follow the wrong lights, the wrong direction. So I just want to remind you this morning of how much he loves you, how much he delights 
in watching you grow, how much he delights in you enjoying good things, and even in seasons of sorrow and pain, because we live in a broken world and we don't completely understand the mystery of all that we have to go through, he walks alongside of us just like we walk alongside of our kids when they're going through difficulties. He is always with us as he promised he would be with us always to the end of the earth. Let's stand together. Get ready to worship one more time, sing together one more time. But Father, we just thank you for loving us, for shaping us. And I know it's not your intention to cause us pain, but sometimes because of our own rebellion, it feels like pain. And so, Lord, we surrender to you once again and help us to be pleasing to you. Help us to love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And help us, Lord, to to please you by loving others like we love ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. just want to invite you to hold out your hands as I read this passage, the benediction at the end of Hebrews which is so appropriate as we study Hebrews 12. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may he equip you with every good, everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And Lord, I just ask that, uh, that you would turn your face toward us and give us your grace, that we'd be able to experience the light of your countenance as a loving Father. And all through this week, Lord, help us to experience your peace until we come back again. We ask in your name. Amen.